0: Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up
1: to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fink. Welcome everybody to the takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $100 when you sign up. Joining me on the show today, I'm so excited. We are live at training camp here with the Raiders, and he also does a show, Raiders Training Camp Weekly, with Eddie Pascal and this is Jesse Merrick joining me of News 3. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Yeah, for sure, Heidi. I'm stoked to hop on with you. I always love talking some ball.
1: I'm excited about this because you have a notebook and I'm a super <laughs> big nerd about notebooks. And I often have those out of my own. And you've got a series of notes here. I'm gonna delve in. I want to know every single note in your book. But yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of them. <laughs> so today was a fun day here at training camp and we're speaking on a Tuesday afternoon and we saw the first scrum but we well, you Jesse did and Jesse spoke it into existence for everyone <laughs> out there is listening Jesse spoke it into existence this morning we saw some stuff going on with Thayer Mumford and I think it was Darian Butler and they were holding tight and we were like man what if there was a scrum has there been a fight has there been a fight and then Jesse's like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen today Jesse what did you see
0: yeah well so it's cuz we talked about it you know <laughs> Had we not talked about it it wouldn't happen we were like wait a second we haven't seen one yet so uh, today just kind of caught it out of the corner of my eye, but basically it was Max and John Simpson and Dylan Parham was involved. You know, yeah. I, I couldn't really tell who started it, um, but it wasn't anything like too serious. You know, they went mm-hmm. to the ground, Max was down, everybody kind of started hulling around. You know, um, you know, but it was the first like kind of scuffle of everything. But uh, afterwards, Parham was heated. Uh, you know, had to be kind of talked down by one of the coaches. So, obviously, you know, the Rook wasn't happy with something that happened in that uh, little fight there. But that's one of those things where, you know, we're kind of getting to that time where, you know, those are going to happen. Yeah. You know, we're, what, two weeks into camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the intensity starts to bubble over a little bit. Got a little hot out there today once the sun kind of came out. It was a little, a little uh, humid as well. So, you know, I, I'm sure we're probably going to see a few more of those. But in terms of training camp fights, like, this was nothing compared to the one that we saw when they did the joint practices out in L.A. with the Rams. Yeah. That was, that were, was something else. Those were intense. Yeah, yeah.
1: So is Dylan Parham going to have to bring more snacks, <sighs> specifically to Max.
0: I think you might have to. That might even, maybe to Max, or I think this would be one of those deals where, like, you know, maybe John Simpson's like, yo, bro, you didn't have my back well enough. Like, now you got to bring double the snacks. So, like, uh, right? You got to double down on all those snacks. Maybe some more fruit roll ups or something.
1: <laughs> oh, let's stick right there at the <laughs> offensive line. Stick fruit roll ups, offensive line. It all rolls together. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line right now, I think, was probably the biggest area of scrutiny coming into this season and the off season. We saw some of them in action at the Hall of Fame game in Canton. What were your initial impressions? Of the offensive line so far?
0: Yeah. So initially, when I watched it, I was like, honestly, the I watched it live and was paying attention to the guys on the right side, Lester Cotton and, uh, you know, Alex Leatherwood. And obviously, you know, we all know what happened with, um, you know, with Brandon Parker playing there at left tackle. The two sacks stand out. The first play of the game, obviously, you know, um, the first overall pick Walker got past him as well. So those are the ones that, like, stick out on people's minds. But Josh McDaniels mentioned it. I went back and watched it again. There were a handful of times where the running back didn't chip. You know, mm-hmm. other guys didn't do a great job picking up the stunt, so he kind of got left out on an island. A couple things that weren't exactly his fault. So I don't think it's as big of a deal with what everybody was kind of freaking out about from Parker. I think it's one of those deals where, like, yeah, did he have an amazing game? No. Did he have as terrible as a game as everybody thinks? Definitely not. But specifically for with the guys that I was watching on the right side there with Lester Cotton and Leatherwood, I was really impressed with what I saw, honestly, from both of them. Um, you know, I didn't expect to be that impressed walking away from what I saw from Leatherwood. Yeah. He didn't get tested a ton. But you know what he did looked good, looked very good in the run game. You know, at times I think he kind of opens the door, you know, in pass protection and stuff, and that's something he's going to work on. Uh, you know, has to continue to work on. Too many times I saw him kind of leading with his head, too, rather than the hands and things like that. that's important. Yeah. battle draw flags. Exactly. So, like, that's where I was like, all right, let's see, you know, what what the progression looks like in the next couple games. And obviously, too, I don't want to overreact or underreact too much to the fact that it was the Jags twos and threes. You know, it's not (laughs) necessarily a good team. Um, You know, but what I did see from Cotton was really good movement. You know, they threw, like, 50 million screens. So we got to see these guys run around. He didn't look like a cow on ice out there running around. You know, he... He was, you know, level-headed. Was able to get his blocks and things like that. You like that term? I'm huh? giggling because yeah, I have yeah. a vision of a
1: cow on ice, yeah. and I was picturing it actually in roller skates. And that you was... didn't even add roller <laughs> skates. That's just my own head. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that was
0: all my all my coaches used to scream that. That was like their favorite. I think our O-line uh, coach. I think it was Jack Jackie Slater was actually our O-line okay. coach in college, wow. the Hall of Famer. and yeah. he used to scream that at the guys. He's like, "Don't look like cows on ice." Like that was his thing. You know, one of those coach terms that, that just sticks I with love you. It. And so I always look for that in the screen game to make sure they don't look like it. Because it's it's very, I mean, you could see how I could look like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I was impressed with him. Honestly, though, and I was talking with Eddie about this uh, on the podcast a couple of days ago, Jermaine Illuminor really impressed me the most out of all those guys. Again, don't want to overreact because it's the first preseason game against Twos the Jags and, and all that stuff. Yep. But there were times when he looked like physically dominating with, with some guys. I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah. But, you know, and he was playing all over the place at right tackle, left tackle, and didn't look out of place at all. Has a really strong anchor so, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how he progresses and, you know, this battle that's essentially going to be going on for that swing tackle spot. Yep. I think, again, Parker's got some things to work on. I wouldn't write him off just yet, but if it's me, I'd give Illuminor the, the lead in that swing tackle role.
1: How concerned are you right now about the injury with Brandon Parker that we saw him – it was, I think, right before the half of the game uh, getting looked at for the arm. It was his right – it looked like elbow. And then in the locker room as well, getting tended to there. So when you start thinking about that, do you think right now it is an area of concern or do they need to start looking out in the open market for another guy that could come in, that could play – Swing or and or right tackle. I mean, there's questions there now when you kind of see that injury lurking. And I like that you pick up on Illuminor because that's something for me as well that I've really been impressed with his game. Yeah. I don't know if it's because he responds better to a coaching system that he's already familiar with mm-hmm. having come from the Patriots and have already worked in and, and knows what's expected of him yeah. and that he's risen up to that level. So what if, if, let me just start here as I've laid down a lot right there. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the injury to Brandon Parker? Yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see, you know, how severe it is. We haven't seen him what now the last two days of practice, um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought they should have brought somebody in, you know, after OTAs. To be completely honest, they got that money just sitting there. What, like twenty one mil? I think is About, still yeah. out there. Um, you know, I, I thought for sure they would, but maybe they're kind of taking that wait and see approach to see if somebody gets cut from a team that's maybe a surprise cut. Uh, you know, that maybe they have some familiarity with could, they could bring yeah. them in. Um, you know, and also too, you hate to see something like that with a guy like Parker who was getting a lot of reps at right tackle, was pure, really in the mix at that right tackle spot. You know, competing with Leatherwood. Um, you know, and so you wonder again how long term that's going to be. And this is a group that already lost the guy in good, you know, to retirement. You know, Richie Incognito, none of us really thought he was going to be coming back, but nah. it's still a guy that retires, you know. So this is a group that, you know, uh, is going to have guys playing multiple positions, which is something we've already seen from them, but you don't want to stretch it even more thin, you know. And that's where you kind of wonder, you know, okay, well, if he's not there, who slips in? Is that. You know, that other, uh, aside from Illuminor, who's the next tackle Mm -hmm. that really steps in there? And you don't really feel too great about it.
1: Yeah, there's work to be done, I think, with Thayer Munford, who yeah. we've seen a lot of the rookies, a lot of the newer guys, Parham, Munford, uh, work in various positions on the mm-hmm. offensive line, particularly Parham. Yeah. Would have been your initial impressions of him from rotating in at center to right guard to left guard and the work that he's done?
0: Yeah, really impressed with Parham. You know, uh, it, look, there were at times he looked like a rookie, as he should, but man, he played in three different positions. That's <laughs> a not an easy thing to be able to do in your first action as a rookie in the Hall of Fame game, nonetheless. so you're doing it earlier than all the other guys have to do it you know so and he's got to bring the
1: snacks exactly like that's (laughs) i mean he's got like
0: five different jobs you know so you know i've been impressed with what i've seen from him his willingness to get in there and work and even today with the fight showing some of that fire like not willing to back down to a guy like max obviously you don't want to see these guys fight but, you know, he's a guy that obviously wasn't you know running from that challenge right. and, you know, clearly not doing it on the field either in terms of the roles that he's trying to take on. And this coaching staff wouldn't be throwing that at him if they didn't trust him to do those jobs. And so uh, I, he's another one I'm going to be watching, you know, the game against the Vikings, uh, you know, Dolphins, Patriots, you name it. I, I watch him as much as I possibly can just because I want to see how that development goes, um, you know, in terms of Munford. I think at times he looked like a seventh round pick, you know, in that in that preseason game. In practice, I've been impressed with what I've seen with him from him for the most part. But in the game, I really wasn't. It, it didn't. I just remember I think I wrote down in my notes somewhere, I don't know where it is, but that's I was just a like serious note. It is. I, some of the notes get lost, I'm gonna be honest. But I remember I think at one point thinking like, Man, he, he looks like a rookie.
1: Yeah, it definitely I can I can agree to that and I can see that with, I think game time situations so far, maybe yeah. it's deer in headlights a little bit, just being a rookie, taking in everything that's happening mm-hmm. at, at the NFL speed. Yeah. And granted, you know, they all come from programs that get them prepared, like Ohio State, LSU, you know, with um, Neil Farrell who we spoke with earlier today um i think those programs help prepare these guys for sure but at some level once you get into the nfl and the bright lights and the fans and everything's roaring and you're like holy crap i'm here (laughs) yeah if you think about it like yeah Yeah. those
0: programs are great and they have a bunch of really good players Mm -hmm. but every guy in the nfl for the most part was that dude on his team Mm -hmm. so i mean you it's it's the all-stars of the all-stars you know so it's it's a different level of jump up for sure
1: well let's quickly take a break here step away and when we come back i want to get into what's going on with the secondary lots of guys that are still missing on the field we'll get into whether or not to hit the panic button on that when we come back here on the takeaways edition of the vegas nation podcast Welcome back to the Vegas Nation Takeaways edition. Here is Heidi Fang, and I'm joined with Jesse Merrick from News 3 and also the Raiders Training Camp podcast with Eddie Pascal. Uh, first of all, we were talking all about the offensive line and everybody that is making a big plunge there. I think on defense, there's a lot of names that we can get into, but there's a lot of names also missing yeah. <laughs> that I'd like to talk more about, like Rocky Yassine, Anthony Everett, Trayvon Mullen still on the pup list um we also saw missing today from practice uh, Tyree Gillespie I believe Craven LeBlanc was gone mm-hmm. when is it time to start hitting the panic button on some of these defensive backs not being in action on the field yeah
0: you know I'm normally the guy that's like real hesitant to do that but that's a <laughs> lot of names I mean you know and look we're, we're only into really week one you know that was mm-hmm. kind of week zero of preseason you know with the Hall of Fame game so really week one of the preseason for everybody else so I don't think you need to panic too much, but just for the sheer number of it, I mean, that's a lot of guys. You know, we talked to the defensive backs coach today, and he noted that a lot of those guys that are out are guys that have been in the league, so they're taking advantage of those mental reps, yeah. and that's definitely something. And and even from an evaluation standpoint, this gives a lot of those young guys an opportunity to get out there and show this coaching staff what they can do. Let's be honest. Like, you know, Rocky Sin and Anthony Everett, they're new to this coaching staff, but I think for the most part they kind of know what they're going to get in those guys, so yeah. it's not – you know, hit that panic button yet. But having said that, if this is something that's prolonged, when you're trying to learn a new defense, there's only so much you can do in the classroom. you got to get out there, get those reps, you know, get that practice in because it's clear a lot of those guys aren't going to play in the preseason. So your time to do that is at practice, especially when the Patriots come to town too. Obviously, if they're out once the a time, the Patriots come to town, then <laughs> then you got to kind of panic because that's a long time. But, uh, you know, having said that, I think the worry scale, maybe on like a 1 to 10 is about like a 3 right now. Um, You know, they they didn't seem, you know, not the coaches are going to tell us if it's something they're panicking about. But I don't think it's anything everybody has to freak out about right now.
1: Well, Deron Harmon, still a leader here on the team, uh, with lots of experience, 10 years to be exact in the NFL, has worked with this coaching staff before he spoke mm-hmm. to us today. What were some of your impressions of just Deron Harmon and of what he's brought to this team in the secondary?
0: Yeah, I mean, his coach said he's a ball magnet, and he's not lying. Like, I mean, I could go through this notebook and multiple times see noting that either Deron had a pass breakup or an mm-hmm. interception or something. He really is always around the ball. Uh, you know, and that's a skill, you know, it's not something you can teach. It's just guys just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And I think that's something that this Raiders defense has been missing over the years. You know, so many times there are those pass breakups that don't turn into interceptions and things mm-hmm. like that. And that's obviously a massive part of the game. So having a guy like that to where maybe he can, you know, other plays, players seeing, you know, where he's at and, you know, and whatnot in different schemes and in different uh, you know, calls and whatnot could definitely help. And one thing that struck me today, too, you know, you don't hear players mention the fact too much. Uh, you know, they're like him saying, you know, the simple fact of he's been in this defense for a while and now he's kind of able to level up to that next set. We're seeing, you know, in a specific coverage where that quarterback is going to be placing the ball. And that's what's kind of helped him be in the right place at the right time. That's not something many players really have set up at the podium, you know, that I can remember. Um, you know, and that's something where having that experience where you're not thinking, "Oh, I got to make sure I'm here or that I get this drop yeah. step or whatever it is," you know, in this one, he's able to, you know, move on instead of playing checkers, he's playing chess, you know, for the simple fact of like, "All right, it's second nature to me. Now I know where they're trying to place that ball." And that that is huge, you know, uh, to, especially when everyone else is learning a new defense. So, yep. I think much like having DeVonte Adams on the offense and how much that helps the receiving core, having a guy like Daron who knows it, been in the league for such a long time, is gonna pay dividends for this young secondary overall.
1: Well, let's hear right now from Deron Harmon about his years and experience in the NFL and where he is today, how that's helped him get there.
0: Well, the way that you get confidence is through the work that you put in, the preparation on and off the field, you take care of your body, um, what you're doing after practice, before practice, to get yourself mentally ready to go. Like you can be as confident as you want yourself, but if you're not putting the work in, you know, eventually it's going to show. And Amik is another guy that's. I mean, you you look out there, he's out at practice early, he's staying late, you know, working on his releases each and every day. You know, he's he's bringing great energy each and every day. Um, then after workouts and when we do our walkthroughs, you know, he's still in there, still trying to get some work in, fine tuning his craft so uh meek is another
1: guy that you know i just enjoy being around it and working with it on a daily Jesse, you talk about wide receivers. I know that's a position near and dear, close to your heart. Uh, We talk about that a lot uh, when you've come on the morning tailgate with me on Raider Nation Radio. So when you talk about the fact that Devontae has really elevated the level of play, when you take, for example, a guy like Tyron Johnson that may be just on the cusp of making this team, but has a ton of speed and can definitely learn some things from a guy like Devontae, you know. What do you see from him and just his ability? And I know if it were you and me, we'd probably keep, like, all the wide receivers on the team. <laughs> yeah. But realistically, they can keep probably half of them. Mm-hmm. And there's 11 right now on the roster. So where where do you think Tyrone Johnson, first of all, can learn and grow from a guy like Devontae? Oh,
0: I mean, immensely. You know, you're you're essentially able to pick the brain of, you know, one of, if not the best receivers in the game, you know, that's obviously up for debate, you know, for some people, but uh, you know, he's a guy that's been in the league, been there, done that for so long. And even the defensive backs coach talked about it for the simple fact of like with him, you know, whether it's in one-on-ones or in a team drill, whatever it is, he'll go over the DBs and say, Hey, this is what I did. This is how you combat that when another receiver does that. Well, okay. Think about how much knowledge he has in his Rolodex about DBs and guarding him that he's sharing with everyone on this team. You know, it's very clear He's a guy that's come in and is that, like, team-first guy and is ready to just share anything and everything he knows about the game with these guys. So it's helping a guy like Hunter because they're bouncing around ideas off of each other, let alone a guy like Tyron who's trying to, you know, really make his footing in the league and and earn a roster spot to get some real playing time outside of what I think he had, like, five games where he played special teams last year with the Raiders. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that I've been really impressed with. A lot of people have been, um, you know, and and that's one thing where with him – they're giving him a real opportunity in this one. He's getting reps with the first-team guys, and that's the coaching staff saying, hey, kid, let's see what you can do with the top dogs. So I'm really curious to see. We saw in that first preseason game with him, opportunities were there. He didn't quite like come down with them. He almost was like the breakout guy in that game, and yeah. then everybody would be talking about him. If
1: he had caught that touchdown, are we yeah. having a different conversation right now?
0: I think so. Uh, you know, I, I think we're talking yeah. about like, wow, this guy has had a great practice and it carried oh, over to the games. Man. But that's the thing where I think we're still going to see him get those opportunities. They're going to feed him the ball. And having said that too, I think that he ends up uh, making this team as the final player or final receiver in this yeah. group.
1: It was just off the edge of his fingertip. Like it was yeah. there and then it got a bobble a little bit. But I have great photos of it that I, I keep talking about because yeah. I really liked my photos of it. But when it's almost, we generally don't use it in print that much. Mm-hmm. So I can put it on web only. But it was just... Just, like, there you out of his he Photoshop agent. the ball back yeah. in his hands. <laughs> Give it a little <laughs> <sis>. Just honestly, <laughs> you know, with, We talked about some injuries before, but right now, uh, with the two linebackers, Kyler Fackrell and Micah Kaiser, on the IR, how much do you feel like the linebacker depth is – all the more important right now to see you guys like divine diablo who wasn't on the field today yeah. i'm right uh we also uh saw Jayon brown denzel perryman out there darian butler luke masterson um that's pretty much oh curtis bolton that's pretty much all of the linebackers that are healthy right now are those five so <laughs> is there a reason for concern at this point
0: that, yeah, I think so. In that group just simply because some guys have been placed, you know, on the IR, you know, so they're they're not coming back, you know, for a long mm-hmm. time, some of them at all. Um, so that's where I think you're like, "Uh-oh, okay, their depth is really going to be tested." I think a lot of people even from the get-go were wondering about the depth from that group. But you know, even with that though, you know, you've got some guys back there that uh you know that have played some decent football throughout their careers uh what is it kenny young you know he's a guy that is going to get a really good opportunity oh i
1: didn't list him yeah he's a guy like really like that,
0: right? yeah, yeah 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 another guy though like yeah, he's got some good coverage you know chops to him as well so he's going to get an opportunity uh you know with those guys going down but definitely you look at this group and you know there's probably only going to be two linebackers out on the field at a time anyway so you I hate to say it this way, like you can afford to lose guys there, you know, not that you want anybody to get hurt, but you can afford it there. Having said that, losing two guys that were probably going to be really solid deck pieces for that length of time is definitely tough. So I would say that's one where I think not necessarily panic, but you really start to worry about that and, and see who emerges. But again, opportunities for guys to step up.
1: So lastly, Jesse, what have been your main observation so far under this training camp that we've been able to view for the we're about three weeks in now, and getting a look at Coach and this game. What have just been your initial impressions of this team and how it's coming together? Yeah,
0: you know, I think as it, played out as the whole storyline is about, you know, New England in Vegas and all that different stuff and being Patriots West, like, I think it's true. You know, it's very, like, business-like when they're here. Everything just seems crisper, and maybe that's because we're all trying to read too much into it. I don't know, but it just seems that way, doesn't it? It seems yeah. a bit more business-like. I like
1: that there's not the music on the yeah. sidelines like there used to be i mean i'll think a lot of that might have been for fans to kind mm-hmm. of feel the entertainment and feel the vibe of it but i think for the players it's really drawn in their focus yeah i hate it it you, trips me you out. hate it it's without like, music yeah 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 and,
0: and it's funny because i didn't notice it at first i was doing radio with somebody uh the first week of camp and yeah. as we were talking about it in the middle of me explaining it I was like, "Wait a second, there was no music in practice today." <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I've become accustomed to it, but I was always a guy. I loved to have music at, out there, you know. I think it just brings a different vibe. Yeah. But having said that, I think, you know, from a, you know, overanalyzing this, you know, from a coaching aspect, it forces the guys to bring their own juice. It's not like, "Oh, this is my jam. Oh, I'm going to have a great rep <laughs> now." You know what I mean? Like, you know, so, you know, to to overanalyze that whole thing, that yeah. I think definitely helps with that. But uh, I have been impressed with just how much you know, things seem regimented, you know, Mm -hmm. it seems like there's a much more business like attitude around this team. And, you know, we all know the stigma that's out there about the Raiders over the years and everything like that. And I think it's starting to change. And I think that's something this coaching staff is cognizant of as well.
1: Great, thank you so much. I appreciate all of the insight analysis that you gave us. I don't know if I got through the whole binder here, at the book. <laughs> oh, we got we got it? time. <laughs> no, oh, wow. There's even different yeah. color inks here. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm yeah. very impressed I got, with this binder. Uh, there's
0: one WNBA game mixed in. Here, okay. So that's, yeah, okay. That's where the different ink but no, that that in.
1: speaks to me and my my the way my brain works. And like I appreciate that you brought all your notes in here oh, today yeah. and do the show with me. Uh, it's Jesse Merrick. Jesse, tell them where they can find you, social media, any shows you coming up, everything that you do.
0: Yeah, you know just about Every night on News 3, Channel 3, we're always up there, but on Twitter, you know, that's where I do most of my work with the Raiders uh, at Jesse News 3 LV.
1: Thank you so much again for coming on the show, everybody. Keep up again with all your Raiders news at VegasNation.com. Uh, for Jesse Merrick, I'm Heidi Fain. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening.